tired of you running your mouth. Come here, Cole. I'm tired of you right now. Get out of the way there, Tony. I'm sick and tired of you running your mouth. Nikita Koloff don't mean nothing to me. You don't mean nothing. This is America. We do what we want to do. We want to get dressed up pretty. We get dressed up pretty. We want to wear blue jeans. We wear blue jeans. We want to go out and go look at women. We go out and go look at women. This is America. We're men of the year. Let's burst. We're not afraid of you. Of year. You're going Thank to find out that you're not man enough for Nikita Koloff, my nephew. You know, I made that comment a couple weeks ago that I just might make him my personal gardener. I'm looking for a chauffeur. And if you want a job driving my car around, you are hired right now. Don't you insult me, McFlair. No, Don't you insult up. the name of Koloff. Right you're going you to find you want to get this resolved? Why don't you and I come over here right now, huh? You want to get this resolved? Come on, big man. You want to get this resolved? Come on, come on. My goodness. Nikita Kolov from behind, David. He got the champion from behind. And now he is ripping off his, he's ripping off that suit of his. They got him with a sickle, they tore his clothes off, but still he came back with a figure four. All right, they stretch him out. What's the matter? What's the matter now? It's two all two. You big coward. Hey, you two all two, watch it come back. There they go. Well, the world champion is down, the referees came out. Dusty Rhodes has come out to help the champion up. And now Ric Flair, slowly, slowly back to his feet. That show's not over yet! Call off! Just a minute of your time! You see now? Get over here and hold this! I got something to say! And you listen to this! This is America! If I want to get dressed up, my privilege. I worked hard to get where I am. If I want to brag, it's my right. This is not a communist country. We are men, women, and we're proud to be here. And Colas, you or nobody else, I'm going to come out here, turn up my suit, don't mean nothing. I got closet for But for the insult, I'm jumping on me, Denny. Golos, the next time I see you, as God is my witness, you'll be mine! Oh, my God! July 4th, 1993. The WWE Championship was in the firm grasp of a nearly 600-pound sumo warrior known as Yokozuna. Look at the size of this man. He is huge! Along with his manager, Mr. Fuji, the duo issued a challenge to any American who could body slam the massive champion. And to rub salt into what would surely be a wounded American pride, the challenge would take place on America's birthday, aboard one of her most beloved warships, the USS Intrepid. Yoko and Fuji were poised to make all of America choke on a heaping helping of humble pie. When a hero emerged, Lex Luger embodied the spirit of America and accomplished the impossible. After hoisting the great champion, 
Luger then jumped aboard the Lex Express in an effort to lift America's spirits and to bring home the championship. The Lex Express continues to barnstorm across America. Later that year at SummerSlam, Luger's campaign was successful. But it was on this day, July 4th, 1993, that Lex Luger's heroic efforts made all of America proud. This is the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling history. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest stars in the world run wild on you? The two soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the excellence of execution, the Hitman. WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the heartbreak kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers. I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it in Ric Flair. Who you're looking at, the man. July weekend reflection nights. It is the 4th of July weekend to the Hami Nights. It is the 4th of July weekend to the Big Vitoites and all the Reflectionites, the Americanites, the Israelites, the Hermaphrodites, the Russianites, the Demites, the Republicites, all the ites all over the world, but most importantly to the Americanites themselves, to the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten, the Essential Eleven, the Tubular Twelve, the Thirsty Thirteen, and all points in between. Happy Fourth of July weekend to Tian Kupana, the most vigilant reflection out out there. Happy Fourth of July weekend to the Donna Destruction. Happy Fourth of July weekend to the Gooch. I haven't heard from him in a long time, but I'm sure he'll catch up with us. And I haven't heard from this man in a long time. Happy 4th of July, even though he's on the other side of the pond. Philip Scott Wood and all Greenpeace, all the reflectionists, all the magnificent seven members. You know who you are. And if you haven't even had, and if you have been listening to the show, if you've been watching the show, shout us out and I'll shout you out because I want you to be a part of this. I want you to be a part of the experience. But anyway, grab your butt lights, grab your favorite dress, Put the, the tissues in, in your bras, show off them titties, and let's enjoy a trans 4th of July. No, I'm just, play, I'm just playing because TW would then just shut off the, 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 the channel right now. He'd be like, I am not with the professor. I do not co-sign what the professor is saying. It's okay. I'm just joking, you know, but I do have a Bud Light somewhere in the fridge, but neither here nor there. Anyway, welcome or welcome to the PWR Spotlight. The patriotic spotlight here at the Hamid Media Group at Podbean.com. And I am your patriotic host with the most. I am the Americana host with the most. I am the stupendous one. I am the scholarly one. But most importantly, I am the glory. 
biggest one, the only objective man in the IWC, YWC, PWC, Punditry, the only objective man in this political spectrum, your friend of mine, the Professor Chabelville Cruz, and I'm not here alone on this patriotic edition of the spotlight, no, 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 I am here with my brother from another mother, I am here with the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, Mr. Dum Dum Idiot's own, Mr. Wonderful, Dr. Freaking Stein, the Iron Stomach One, and Vladimir Putin's favorite wrestler. Tommy Wonder, how are you doing on this 4th of July weekend, my friend? I am doing Stella. I've been doing Weight Watchers. And my face is thinner, but when I sign on to this Skype, all I hear is hungry, hungry hippos. That's it. I don't. I gotta do. The, let's try this. The, the camera adds oh. ten pounds. It's 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 CGI. Oh, fuck, shape too. Let me I'm see if I can do this. It, it's CGI. For the people, it's not, it's not people that are watching our video, look. There it is. Girls on dating apps. There. Oh, look at that sexy <laughs> son of a bitch. That that is. Oh my god. That is a tender p- picture. But no, what you just did was a grinder picture. Would you put the would you put the pouting if, if that were the case, I would be getting hit up right now by Big Ray if it was on grinding. Ray already is doing that right now as we speak. He already hit like. He's probably hitting subscribe or whatever the case may be. But anyway, you know what? Reflection as again, this is a very special PWR spotlight. Because again, TW, we do variations of spotlights. We, you know, we spotlight the wrestlers, we spotlight boots, we spotlight pay-per-views we spotlight angles babyface turns heel turns but this one because of the theme because of the weekend it just fell at the right time at the right moment the universe was calling for a spotlight like this tw we are gonna do the most patriotic wrestlers and patriotic angles in wrestling history but before we even get into it before we delve into our memories you know as we were kids CW, I must start with you because, you know, we always have to talk about today wrestling and then we compare it to yesteryears. And I think today's wrestling, except maybe the indies, but maybe you might have a different feel about this because, again, you're more indie, you're more indie-centric than the professor is. I'm going to admit that. So maybe you had the pulse of the indie vibe right now. But in 2023, in my humble opinion, I don't think fans... Bookers, wrestling companies really try to hone in on the yesteryears of the patriotic wrestlers or patriotic angles. Maybe it's, in my opinion, it's just a little bit too sensitive, it's too polarizing, and you just don't want to divide the fans right now. But in yesteryears, that was that was the whole point of it. It was to put it was to unite the fans in one common cause to defend the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. So let's say UTW, do you see it differently in 2023 or do you have the same kind of vibes as the professors? Like today is not the same patriotic spirit, if you will, in comparison to yesteryear. I, I absolutely, but I just disagree with the reason why they don't use it. For one, you got a bunch of people running wrestling shows who shouldn't. They're using okay. wrestlers that are on the show that aren't really wrestlers because they've never been trained. Uh-huh. Um, Bottom line, they don't do it because it's not cool to be patriotic now. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to pick on AEW, but they're a perfect example. That is, that is a. First of all, I watched Collision, uh, not this weekend's one, the one last weekend where Punk got booed, right? Where it wasn't oh. in Chicago anymore, right? Yeah, he was um, in uh, Toronto. That crowd, and and Canadian crowds are a little different too, right? Remember, mm-hmm. they're the ones that 
cheered Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation and booed Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was the most popular wrestler on the planet, right? So I'm, I'm going to wait until I watch this weekend's collision to see how people treat CM Punk because I don't, I think that was a, well, there's still. I'll just say this: there's still the Canadians. In I think we're that way because Kenny Omega's Canadian. I think that's the reason you get a lot of the boos, right? Not necessarily because of the young bucks. Well, um, I can't read the pulse of the fans today. I'm just saying, like no, the no, pulse but, but of the I'm fans. What I'm saying is the the fans today. I'm using them as an example, AEW. Um, mm-hmm. But before I say what I'm about to say, I would, I especially as a heel, I would kill to wrestle in front of an aew audience it's awesome i absolutely understand why guys see it from afar and want to be a part of it i think there are probably guys there that regret going there but there are other guys because they get used right and the crowd reacts to them properly or the opposite right they boom mm-hmm. when they're supposed to be cheering them that's that's what i think i think when it all changed now i think it's different now i think it is just people are so brainwashed into thinking this country's bad right they mm-hmm. wouldn't fucking spend three days in another country, trust me, without wanting to come back home. But because of the media, social media, the regular media, liberal media, they all think that the America, the America, the United States is just just some fucking evil place. When the reality is half the shit coming out of their mouth, they'd be getting knocked out if that were the case. Right. If it's full mm-hmm. of the people that disagree with them, then why are so many people agreeing with them? But I digress. Back when I think it started to change was Kurt Angle. It, it that's when it started. The, the patriotism became the kiss of death. Like you weren't gonna get cheered for it. You were gonna get booed. Um, and so, but it wasn't necessarily just the patriotism. It was also the goody two shoes, the drink milk, and have integrity. And mm-hmm. you know what? For all I know, I don't bash this man like the modern fan. He might have known. He might have known they were going to boo him, and they might have threw little nuances in there to make him annoying that I didn't catch. Because all I saw was the patriotic guy and thought, why the mm-hmm. fuck would people boo him, right? But then the more you see it, and then he kind of fed it and then became a heel. Um, right. And I think maybe they knew that because of Rocky Maivia. He, the way he came out and just was absolutely rejected. Like, to me, to this day, he, if there's anybody who I'm more happy for now because of how empathetic i was for them then it's it's rocky because Mm -hmm. people chanted die rocky die and meant it right i i totally get where you're going with the comparison and you know again reflectionites with this patriotic wrestlers and angles we're gonna go every which way we're not gonna go chronologically some names are gonna pop in our heads and we're gonna have these oh shit moments he was patriotic oh shit this was a patriotic angle so bear with us reflection as you will enjoy this patriotic Jambalaya. It's a yeah, it is a cornucopia, a jambalaya, if you will, of this edition of the pro wrestling spotlight. So let's hone in on the Kurt Angle thing because it is the most recent, it is the attitude era. And the, the funny thing we, when you say that is before he debuted, right? TW, mm-hmm. before he debuted with the vignettes and all that stuff, he was and you saw the like arrogant smile, you saw the prickly smile, and again. You know, the three eyes, the intensity, integrity, and intelligence. You know, it's something, it's very, I'm not going to say Americana, but it, it, it is a blueprint of being a good person. It's a blueprint of just having morals and values and all right. that stuff. And what you said is very prevalent because he said it like, you know, it was very arrogant the way he approached it. You know, if you do what I do, you will be where I am. That's, that's the right. way it came out. But 
Then he had to, you know, hit pot shots on the fans. You know, you don't appreciate what I give you. You, you know, this is why the country is going in the direction that it is because you don't listen to people like me because I'm trying to, you know, preach the gospel, if you will. So let's say ETW, let's put a bow on the Kurt Angle line. He, right he came across to me, and this is kind of why I thought but, he was and getting wait, wait, hold, hold your thought for a second. And remember, remember Reflection Nights, he is the only Olympic gold medalist in WWE history. That's the way they were presented. And they, and they celebrated him winning that gold medal, TW. It was, you know, they, they brainwashed you to, to remember this, that he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He sacrificed his neck for this country, and we still booed him out the building. And we still said, you suck. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, TW. But I think what, what I thought at the time was the reason he was being rejected was it almost, like, we're going to talk about Hulk Hogan, right? But Hulk Hogan wasn't always... Like he was actually, he was less that in the last eight, 10 years of his career, mm -hmm. not NWO, the WWE part. He was only that American flag waving thing for a brief, like the Iron Sheik and Volkov. Well, don't, don't, go, don't go every no, no, which no, no, no. Which But I'm saying it wasn't his gimmick. He, mm -hmm. it was a moment in time where he was doing it, right? Like, right. The right place, right time. It was the Iran Contra scan. It was the, mm -hmm. the, it was necessary, if you will. Um, and But Kurt Angle, that was his full-on gimmick. Was he was, And I think him, I think Lex, I think anybody that they shoved it down your throat, patriotism, even Wyndham and Rotunda as the American Express, I don't you think it too was... Many names. No, like, I, I know. We're going to talk Kurt. about them all. I know. It's a stew. I know. I'm just I'm saying. Stirring. But with Kurt Angle, I think it was... It came off as them trying to recreate Hulk Hogan. And that was always the underlying... Uh, unwritten thing that was going on. Who's the next Hulk Hogan? This guy looked nothing like Hulk Hogan. Wrestled ten times better than Hulk Hogan. Was I got to I I disagree. I don't think they were trying to create a Hulk Hogan with. Hear with me Hogan. out, though. Hear I me think. Out. I mean, no, no, just said it. I, I just think with the Patriot angle and the Patriot wear the gold medal. You know, he's already. Let, let's just look at it this way. He was already naturally gifted. And yeah, you had you had to do that angle. You had to do that gimmick. There was yeah, no you had to do you had to do the gimmick. I'm just saying he was naturally athletic. He was naturally gifted with the amateur wrestling. You already had that part. So he but was this, already. This all is the other thing, though. The, the three all eyes. The, all he needed was the entertainment value, and he brought that out. And he absolutely himself. did. But the three eyes could just as well be prayers. Eat your vitamins and and what the fuck was the third thing? Drink your milk. Those three things were the Brain, three say your prayers, eat your vitamins. That was and the eat three your, Drink your milk. That's mm -hmm. what it came across as, as they were trying to be that. But mm -hmm. like you said, and I know this from high school, there's a whole sect of people that don't like quote unquote jocks, right? And mm -hmm. Kurt Angle was your cliche, if not high school, college quarterback in a sorority, right? Like, so an elitist, a privileged, if you will, person. And mm -hmm. so I think because the wrestling audience, he, he had a girl, he had a girlfriend and bang your best friend's girlfriend because right. he could do it because yes. he's that guy. But mm -hmm. I think the majority of a wrestling based audience is they're not rich. They're not mm -hmm. privileged regardless of their color. They're poor. they Probably going to that wrestling show that month, they saved up for months to go to it. So they don't like people who, even more so than that are better off than them, who flaunt it. They don't like mm -hmm. them. So it either backfired or it was by design. I still don't know. I think it was by design because I think, like you said, and like we, we've been saying in the start, 
in comparison to yesteryear, which we will get to reflection in a second, that as the attitude error progressed, that you know, it, it was it wasn't the, the trendy thing to be as pro patriotic as possible. You had those nostalgia people it was corny. talking about it was thought of as being it was, corny. It was, it was kind of corny, but it had its moments. But only certain people can bring out that nostalgic patriotic spirit. Can't I mean, let's not deny that, and we'll give you those examples. But with Kurt after Kurt Angle, again, we got to go into the 2000s, and I don't want to like harp on it again because I know you'll kind of compare it. But remember, the only closest thing to something as to be pro patriotic was the char- my favorite character, Muhammad Hassan. He was the antithesis of people wanting, you know, saying USA to him. But his character was he was a he was a, a citizen of the United States feeling the effects of racism and all that stuff. It was so beautifully done. And then but you did not look at him as an American. You did not look at him as a naturalized citizen. You just looked at him as a dirty Arab who was coming to the who was coming to this country to take over and take our money. And you needed the American wrestlers. And, re- and then again, reflection nights. It all culminated with The Undertaker. And then they had, and that's why they stopped the patriotic shit because Muhammad Hussain on a SmackDown, they reenacted. Remember the, the webs, the dark webs, when you had like the, the torture and the, the guys in the hoods, they were going to, you know, kill somebody, behead somebody. Behead somebody. They, yeah. they didn't behead they did the Undertaker. They did do it. And you saw <laughs> it on the dark web. I, I saw a couple of them. And I know you did too, but I'm just Fuck saying. No, I don't ever want to see someone get I, beheaded. I saw it. I, I, I saw it, but anyway, you can't unsee that. You can't unsee that. But on SmackDown, they didn't behead the Undertaker, but symbol symbolically, right. they had the hood dudes beating the shit out of the Undertaker, and then they stopped it. They dropped it because it was too sensitive. Yeah. In two thousand five purposes. So what say UTW about that? Get death threats. Right. So what say UTW about it? Because this is a, Exhibit A to to Z about why the patriotic angles kind of like. Dip, dip low it, it it just didn't mean it's so just too uh, here's what i think changed here's what i think changed instead of having i know we guy, i know we're pussified i know that part. No, we, no 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 you you oh. hit the nail on the head with muhammad hassan saying it's the close instead of having a guy that was pro usa you had a mm-hmm. guy that was anti and then everybody else became the pro USA guy without having to have it as their gimmick. Whoever oh, came no, out, no. Shut he him was up. actually in the vignettes. I just want to say this, TW. I just he was actually very pro USA. Right. He was very, uh, he was very angry at the at the American citizens right. for putting the racism on him because he was a naturalized citizen. I right. just wanted to give you. But the that's logistics. what I mean. He was telling all the OG Americans, if you will, mm-hmm. this ain't right. your country anymore. It's our people's country. Like right. that's what the heat was. But 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 I told you about the time when as Canadians, the easiest way to get booed on a spot show, I've told you what a spot show is. It's a wrestling mm-hmm. show in a town you've never been to. You don't know if you're ever coming back. So all the storylines start and end that night. Um, and they wanted me and two of my real Canadian buddies to burn an American flag in the middle of a tennis court. I'm like, absolutely not. Motherfuckers hunt up here, and the first guy seeing us take a fucking lighter to an American flag is grabbing a shotgun and shooting one or all three of us. So I refused to do it. I didn't but go. But these are martyrs, T.W. They know it's 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 part of the show. This was at a festival, <laughs> and anybody driving by who didn't even care about the rest of the show could have walked by and seen it. Mm-hmm. it that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't fear it in the in the arena, and mm-hmm. so imagine the death threats that guy got in a WWE building where he is safe. 
Mm-hmm. And now imagine being a guy on an indie show who's got to get in his car that might be parked right next to Cooters. And then all of a sudden you're getting jumped with a moonshine bottle to the back of the head. So, uh-uh. mm-hmm. so you got to be careful because after 2001, obviously shit changed here. And that's when, as an indie wrestler, I turned on the Canadians and became an American again and wrestled with a USA flag on my T-shirt instead of Canadian. Had the same gear but an American flag instead of the Canadian one. And I got cheered out of the building because I stood up for America to the mean Canadians. Right. And I wasn't comfortable doing it. It didn't feel like me. Um, it Uh did not last long, but in the right place in the right time, like 84, like 2001, like 91, when Hogan went back to it to fight slaughter, when he turned on America in the right time and place, it works. And like right now, I'm stunned there aren't Russian bad guys in wrestling because with everything going on in the world, nobody would defend the Russians. They don't go, why are you stereotyping them? They would be all for it. Mm-hmm. And it would be all for them getting their asses beat. But whatever reason, people are afraid to touch it. And speaking of Russians, TW, it's good that you said that. That's the segue to the yesteryears, the, the glorious yesteryears of the patriotic wrestling scene because TW – we needed the antagonists. We needed the villainous uh, symbols against America. And what better symbolic wrestler or person than a mad Russian? It, because of the Cold War, because of the Soviet Union reflectionites, it was apropos. It was easy to have the mad Russian uh, you know, wrestler against an American wrestler. So, you know. We can name some wrestlers, the Russian wrestlers off the top of our heads, TW. We we know Ivan Koloff. We know Nikita Koloff. We know Nikolai Volkov. We know Borisukov and stuff like that. We know Krushchev. Krushchev. Right. But the funny thing, Reflection, as you know, these guys are Americans. Ivan Koloff is Canadian. Nikita Koloff was born in Cleveland, but neither here nor there. But again, that's being Nikita, paid. Nikolai Volkov, Maryland. Who was Borisukov's partner in the Bolsheviks? Was that Nikita? I mean, Nikolai? That was Nikolai, yes. But these are great examples, T.W., like you said, of the Mad Russian and the symbolic symbolic nature of wrestling. You needed the American wrestler. Sometimes it's not about wearing the red, white, and blue, but it's just injecting the patriotic ways and what the the United States of America, T.W., is meant for, the freedom to express yourself, the freedom to do what needs to be done. And one of the most patriotic angles happened in the NWA between Ivan and Nikita Koloff and, I guess, an Americana wrestler that didn't know he was going to become a, a babyface. The nature boy, woo, Ric Flair. In 1985, before the, the Great American Bash tours, TW, I'll give you the logistics. I Ivan was, you know, pimping out his nephew, Nikita, because he wanted Nikita to become the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He was he was touting out, you know, the the politics. He was touting out the the unfair politics that Jim Crockett was giving to to Ric Flair. He was that Ric Flair was getting easy opponents. He would not defeat. He could not be able to defeat Nikita Koff and all that spiel. Right, T.W. But then guess who comes out? to defend Americana, to defend the United States of America. Of all people, the nature boy Ric Flair, who represented the 80s glitz and glamour, and, you know, the like Heels. who even said, well, he was a heel, but 
but the elitist nature, you know, the business suits and all that stuff, greed is good. It was Nature Boy Ric Flair, and that, that's what touted me to at least talk about this patriotic angle because it is one of the best known patriotic angles because in Great American Bash 1985 in North Kakalaki in a stadium, one of the best iconic entrances is Ric Flair coming down from a helicopter. Uh, I forget, I forget. I think it was the news chopper, but that's neither here nor there, T.W. So let's say because out of all the people, it wasn't the American Dream, Dusty Rose. It wasn't Magnum T.A., but for the patriotic angle, it was the heel, Ric Flair. What say you? It just goes to prove all you have to do to get someone cheered is have someone come out and bash the United States of America. It would get someone cheered now, but back then, mm -hmm. that's all it took. Boom. You shit on America, you are immediately making whoever comes out that curtain next cheered, regardless of how hated they were before that. I didn't even know this story. You're you're teaching me something because 85, I got no NWA memories other than stuff we've covered. Uh -huh. Well, I'm just saying, I, again, the I'm, you probably remember Star K86 with a different reason of Nick of Nikita Koloff against Ric Flair, but that was because of the babyface turn of Nikita Koloff. But right. in 85, he was full-fledged with the mad Russian. And, of course, this patriotic angle that Ric Flair is that is doing here, you know, again, it's it's very apropos, as you say, because he's this is a little bit before the four horsemen, the, the incarnation of the four horsemen will become such. Ah, So this is pre horseman. That makes more this, sense this, to me now. This is pre horseman. But he does kind of flip flop between I would call him tweener. He was a tweener right. before the horseman really came into fruition. So I just want to give that. It also here. does one other thing, right? What it it also gives credence to the world heavyweight title because, you know, no one ever questions, why is it only good guys that fight Ric Flair for the belt? Like, why aren't any of these bad guys fighting them? Mm -hmm. um, so having a bad guy challenge them for it and throwing in that USA, you know, monkey wrench in there because you got to get somebody cheered. Otherwise, there's nothing worse than a crowd that hates both people. But also, even even that i get i get where you're going with that but also what it represents is a russian wrestler what does that represent the world heavyweight championship actually means something it is right. not just because it's the united right. states it's not because they're fighting in greensboro north carolina it's not because they're going to fight in the omni it's a russian guy that might you know symbolically take that belt back to mother russia back to the soviet union for a parade and when you're a kid reflectionites you are pissed off at the thought at the image of a mad Russian, no matter who the wrestler is, TW, taking that belt to the Soviet Union and, you know, the streets, the parade, you, you're already you're already getting mad and that right. hasn't even happened. What say you, TW, about the imagery? Because that's Here, that's what hooked you. Here's what I think is the modern day thing where, like, Nikita Koloff was so dominant back then. Uh -huh. But Ric Flair's also a bad guy. He's not getting a shot at the title, blah, blah, blah. So they didn't do it. The modern day version of that, now they're on different shows, but how come no one isn't asking why Gunther, Walter, I don't even know what fucking name anymore. Is it Walter or is it Gunther? Whichever in one the, he is. In the Indies, people no, right call now, him Walter. What is in he right the, now? I'm just answering your question. In the Indies, they call him Walter. Okay, in, so Gunther. In WWE, they call him Gunther. Gunther. He was Walter in NXT, and then he became Gunther. But right. Gunther is on his first 365 days as the Intercontinental Champion, and they're having all these number one contender matches to see who's going to fight Roman over the last thousand days. Remember back in the day when the IC champion was the number one contender to the title? Why mm -hmm. are we having a number one contender gauntlet or battle royal or whatever when why isn't Walter? And the answer is simple. They would boo both people. 
and nobody wants a match where they boo both people. I think Walter mm-hmm. would end up getting cheered myself, but it's probably mm-hmm. too late for that because Roman is probably this close to being a baby face and over like Rover again soon. But but that's that's what I liked about Koloff challenging Flair is it makes sense. It you know, Boston plays the Lakers in the finals every year back then. Uh no one's going to say, oh, the rest of the country hates both of these teams. They can't play each other. They were the two best teams, so they played each other every year until uh-huh. the Pistons put a, a, a kink into it. So that's how wrestling should be, but it can't be because wrestling is separated by good and evil, right? Even with right. tweeners, there's still favorites and non-favorites. So I like that a heel fought a heel for the title. Uh-huh. Well, again, it's very memorable. And again, it it... it sold out the stadiums in 85. It, it was one of the biggest money drawing years for Jim Crockett and the NWA. But you can't forget the true Americana of the NWA, no matter what, whether it was in Florida or where, whether it was in the Carolinas. And that is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And, and TW, with the American dream, you know, he didn't have to wear the red, white, and blue, TW. But his, his nickname said it alone. His promo said it alone. He is the son of a plumber. He everything he said resonated with the common man. And and you already held up the 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 common man theme WWE action figure, but he was the common man. Everybody can relate to Dusty Rhodes. Everybody can relate because they knew somebody, you know, that was, you know, a son of a plumber. All those hard ditch digging jobs. Dusty Rhodes represented the hardworking man, the middle class, and all that stuff. He did not re- represent elitists. He represented the true spirit, if you will, of Americana. What say you, TW, about the American dream, Dusty Rhodes? Because he, he was the everyman. He wasn't the guy sitting in the ivory tower. He was, even though he's and he didn't know any and he hardly like held a, like a United States flag. Of course, when he fought the Koloff, someone gave him a flag. He would wave it around, but he never kind of like projected to me. Uh, the you know wearing like red white and blue shit like that he didn't need it yeah he didn't need it that, that's why I'm, drawing, I'm trying to draw into it yeah, yeah ahead, he didn't need it so but he like even though he's i i guess the quintessential white male he still represented immigrants because that's who were the plumbers that's who were the construction workers that's it was all the italians the polish the you know uh the irish all those guys mm-hmm. obviously the black but they were already here they weren't immigrants mm-hmm. all these people especially in new york the melting pot of the world they're all that's the people doing the hard work man digging ditches if you will and 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 making the world go whereas everyone else is sitting back and whatever and you know obviously 40 years later some of those people made enough money blue collar to end up being the fat cat sitting on the hill but they earned it as opposed mm-hmm. to nepotism and just inheriting money and you're the fucking descendant of the Rockefellers or the the whoever. I don't even know any other rich the Rock, family. The Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. That's Rothschilds the, and the Rockefellers, right? Like, mm-hmm. Dusty was your everyday, we don't know if we're eating this week because we got to pay the light bill kind of person. Even though he wasn't, that's what he represented. Right. And, of course, we can't forget the, the, the truest Americana promo, even though he didn't even try to – it wasn't really about Americana, but when hard times, that's Americana. Even though yeah. all the negative imagery of hard times, people when people when wrestling fans heard the hard times promo TW, it almost I'm not gonna say made you proud to be an American, but it just made you proud to say, 
you know what, Dusty? You're right. I know somebody. I know, my father just got laid off after 25 years. I know what you're talking about. I can relate to the promo. It resonates with the fans. Especially that decade. Right. So what's ATW about the Hard Times promo? It is the most Americana promo without even trying to be Americana. It's, it's the thing that if he was over almost everywhere, the thing that put him over everywhere. Like, it's still talked about to this day. Like, it is not, you know, I well, we won't know, but I always wonder, like, 50 years from now, are, are people going to still be talking about it? And probably not, because if someone's not showing it, how's it going to be in anybody's wheelhouse to talk about it? But... When Cody talks about it, when someone else talks about it, it is. So the only way you're really going to come, you know. When, Co when Cody's daughter becomes a professional wrestler. Right. She, she brings about her grandfather living them hard times, right? Mm -hmm. But, but you know, how many things do we still talk about from the 60s? We, we talk about Bruno a little bit. We talk about uh, Gorgeous George because he was a visionary. Uh, you know, he, he kind of changed the game, uh, with uh -huh. the, especially the entertainment part of it. Uh, superstar Billy Graham, but a lot of that stuff we only talk about them when they die, and then right. when they die, we don't talk about it no more. Uh, we're not even really talking about Bob Backlund that much anymore. So, for that story to still yeah. be going around, it's it's pretty big deal, right? You know, it's 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 one of those things. It's right up there with the Ultimate Warrior taking over the cockpit promo because they're going to talk about that forever for the opposite reasons. I, I don't know the cockpit <laughs> promo is in comparison to the hard times. No, I said me. it's that's for the opposite me. reasons. It's so in, ludicrous. In, in, in your world, I get you. Cockpit hard times. It's right yeah, there with yeah, each yeah. other. Yes. Well, because in it. your world, the cock isn't hard anymore because you're used to it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you, you're the one with the grinder kiss pictures. But anyway, no. neither here nor there. No. You just did it. The reflection no. I saw. Paul Stanley it. lips. Paul Stanley yeah. pose. Oh, oh, okay. That's what you're going to say. <laughs> wink, wink. But anyway, let's talk about an Americana angle. Not angle, but, well, it's sort of an angle. It's sort of the push and all that stuff. You even kind of delved into it a little bit. But let's talk about it right now and give it a little bit of credence. Because, again, they try to turn this person into Mr. Americana. They try to turn this person, like you say, when you try to turn somebody into somebody else, when you try to make another Hulk Hogan, it, the result is just disastrous. Right. And, of course, we got to talk about in 1993 or 93, the total package Lex Luger, the narcissist Lex Luger, shifted and became you know, Mr. Americana, Mr. USA, Lex Luger, TW. And it all started on a, on a battleship. It all started on July 4th, 1993 on the USS Intrepid. When the, when Yokozuna, the, the Samo he's Samoan reflection, I remember, but his character was, he was from Japan. The evil sumo wrestler from Japan who wanted to make fun of the American audience, wanted to make fun of the American wrestlers, trying to show how Japan was as dominant, was the, was the dominant place for athletes and all that stuff. Invited every American born and bred person of sports figures and wrestlers to try and body slam him. And he was almost successful, TW, on the ship. But a helicopter came down on the back end of the ship and it was Mr. USA, Lex Luger. And, and, and the funny thing about the angle, TW, it, because a week prior and two weeks prior, do you recall, even on like a wrestling challenge or superstars, that even Lex Luger made a comment about Yokozuna as the heavyweight champion? I don't recall that. <clears throat> it just, just, it just felt like 
it's like the the the, the Vince McMahon. Oh, we got to change it right now. He's changing the script on the fly, and he just and he just thought that Lex Luger he had the body, he had the muscles. I can understand the reasoning, but it just felt like a eleventh hour change. But in that moment, he's he had the American shirt on. Everybody was chanting USA, and he body slammed Yokozuna. And USA won for that night. And, of course, we don't have to talk about the Lex Express and the SummerSlam. If you want to talk about it, that's fine. I'm just talking about that angle, that moment, that patriotic moment, if you will. But the end result was you was trying to make him into something he wasn't comfortable with. What's ATV about Mr. USA, Lex Luger? And and we got to talk about the Lex Express story because one of the reasons why was people were like, he put on the happy face to the audience, but he Mm -hmm. wasn't very nice on that tour. He was miserable. After a couple mm-hmm. weeks, he made him put him in a hotel because he was sick of sleeping in that bus and all that. And and just un- what I think, because I'm going to do something we've never done before. It hit me as you said it. If Vince all, already knew he wasn't going to put the belt on Lex at SummerSlam, he shouldn't have done the Lex Express tour until mm-hmm. after SummerSlam. And it should have been a tour to get people to sign a petition to get him another shot at the title. Then... He could have won it at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, wherever he, he wanted to do it at Mania, which to me was you too mean, far do, away. You mean do the Lex Express to but promote himself SummerSlam. to No, no, I, I, I would say this. After, after SummerSlam, do the Lex Express to promote himself and get him into the Royal Rumble, win the Rumble, and then win the And then, yes. That's, yeah. Perfect. Because mm-hmm. what happened was you created all these expectations. I don't think he's the one exception where I don't think people soured on him because of the american flag gimmick i think they flocked to him for it probably the last guy that that i don't worked. think fans flocked to it i think Vince dude i was at him. one of them lex express stops dude it was mm-hmm. miles of people in americana stuff going to meet this guy right i just don't think yokozuna had enough american heat for being anti-american for it to be as big as hulkamania right but okay. you have you've now given all this expectation these people have touched him they've They've he's held their pen. He's done all these things, and they're like, "Yeah, they're investing him." And then he lost, and he didn't lose. He won by countout. But I think he looked like an idiot by celebrating afterwards because everyone and their brother knows you don't win the belt after a countout. Like most guys mm-hmm. look and go, what, "What do you mean he's countout? Get him back in here!" But I think and he then let people down, and that's when they stopped cheering for him, and he became less popular if you will and it mm-hmm. possibly could have looked like it was the gimmick but i think it was because so many people thought and, and so far hasn't happened to cody because mm-hmm. cody still dude i've watched a couple raws in a row where the sound from the crowd and it ain't no piped in shit because i'm reading lips of the people in the audience they they love this dude man and mm-hmm. i think it's because he actually got pinned he got robbed. He didn't win by countout or win by disqualification and not win the belt. Um, now he's on separate shows. For people are like, shit, how's he going to get to it? We all know it's clearly not going to be money in the bank. He's going to win another Royal Rumble, and he's going to yeah. beat Roman Reigns next year at WrestleMania. Absolutely. And it's going to pay off. That, I've been saying that from jump. Yeah, and it's going to pay better. off because it's going to be the it's going to be right up there with the two-year thing with Rock and Cena where it's going to be so well done. And, and padded and dragged out with stuff in between to keep others busy and all that. Mm-hmm. But but Lex, I think, got the, the raw deal of why in the world. Have Fuji throw the dust in his eyes and have him lose that way. Do not have him win by count out and drop balloons and confuse these idiots that think, oh, he won the belt by count out. And then get mad when they found it. That place booed 
when they announced Yokosuda was still champ. Mm-hmm. Like like a disgusting boo, not like no, boo he, Roman he, Reigns. You was pissed off because he won by count out, and it felt like the AWA Vern Gagner thing because I think Vince McMahon, for some strange reason, the aneurysm hit him because he's like, Vern Gagner used that kind of booking to book the next town with Lex Luger challenging for the belt and right. say, I can milk some more money. It just didn't work that way because, again, it's the 90s Reflectionites. It just didn't work that way. You needed a payoff on TV. You needed a payoff on a pay-per-view that people $50. paid. Well, I don't know if it was $50 in 93. It was 35 but to 45 back then, but it was still. Give or, give or take. We, we know inflation Reflectionites. But, again, neither here nor there. But you wasn't paying that money to not get the result that you needed. But, TW, let's put a bow on this because, again, it all started on a boat. It all started on 4th of July. So, you know, I, I'll say this. If I had the opportunity to, to get a free ticket to go on the on the USS Intrepid, I'd do it too. I enjoy myself, you know, in 70 or 80 degree heat, ha- waving a flag and seeing like Macho Man, narr- you know, being the moderator and, and the MC, And then Yokozuna is just there. And having a wrestling ring on a boat, that's a cool, you know, that's a cool shot. What say you about the the atmosphere of doing what they did on the USS Intrepid? Symbolically. Dude, it, it was awesome in, in every aspect. The helicopter, like him being a surprise guy coming in, like because everyone else was already there. I think Bill Freilich was there from WrestleMania 2. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think William Perry was there, but there were other athletes from other sports. Bill Freilich, I remember Crush was there. Macho Man Crush. tried. And a couple of other I want to say there was uh, MLB. a couple of hockey players from the Rangers that tried. Um, Dude, Mark Messier one. was not big enough to not even Mark Messier. <laughs> not Jeff Bookaboom. Jeff Bookaboom. I just read his name. He got taken by the Atlanta Thrashers in the 99, uh, mm. the whatever that draft's called, the expansion draft. But it just was so cool to see. I always, you know, I told you as a kid, I grew up in Detroit public schools and wrestling. Fan, I didn't even, I can't believe it. I didn't notice it even until seventh grade, how much people were wrestling fans in school. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, like, again, you're elitist, you're whatever. It, people that watch wrestling were looked at differently by snobs, you know, whatever. So anytime football players or any athlete from another sport put their hat in the ring, so to speak, I loved it because it gave it, credence right and that's that's when it's like when that stuff starts happening the even that mtv stuff which again rock and roll was viewed the same way as wrestling people look down on people that like rock and roll and all that so when when all of a sudden dennis rodman and and carl malone are wrestling and buster douglas is is refereeing a hogan and andre match all of a sudden people like hey maybe this wrestling stuff's not so bad so that whole deal and I want to say it was on ESPN. It was on Fox Sports. Like, it what? was covered. Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? Like, they did a story on it. Like, this happened in New York today or whatever. Like, You, you mean the slam thing? Yeah. It wasn't on, it wasn't on ESPN. They, they just kept it on USA Network. No, no, no. Not live. I'm talking about they talked about it, like, in the news. Like, hey. I don't know. I don't know if the Sports Center talked about Maybe Sports Center might have did something yeah. because and of Bill Freilich. My Freilich's local news did it. Tri- my local yeah. news did it. Like, uh, it was, Of course, George Michael's sports machine, they did it constantly. Right. right. Like, the local. News. Like, I had Bernie yeah. Smilovitz, who came to New York, left Detroit, and then came back. But mm-hmm. he, he would do Wild World, Bernie's Wild World Sports on Sunday night. And I, th- I think I told you before, he would always show highlights of Hulk Hogan matches 
where he defended no, no, against I know. Rick well, Rude. Let's keep, let's keep but it with I'm the saying, scene. That, moment, the scene. that yes. moment was celebrated by other than wrestling. It mm-hmm. was because if ESPN didn't do it, then, then definitely Fox did. They did it because Bill Freilich was there, because a Ranger was there. Unless I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. But I, I almost certain it was an NHL player there, too. But um, an actor. I think there might even have been a big actor that was there, you know, like just bigger guys. Well, we don't, we don't have to go with the But the, I'm just the saying it was, it was I, get, I get what you're going with it, but it was a big moment. Yeah. I can I can get where you're saying like ESPN Sports Center might have said, oh, Bill Frederick attempted to slam the 500 pound Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. I get that that big sports feel about that. I get with you. Again, you know, with the patriotic angles and what they wanted out of it, at least for one moment, TW, you have to say it worked because Luger did what he he was supposed to do. He slammed the 500 pound Yokozuna, and for the wrestling fan, you're like, okay. Countdown to Luger being the heavyweight champion. Of course, we don't have to go into the booking stuff. But at least for that one moment, America was better than Japan on that one day on July 4th on the USS Intrepid. So let's go, Reflection Ice, to another kind of symbolic uh, time in professional wrestling, especially on the WWF side. Of course, two men that hated America so bad, but it was so beautiful. You had Nikolai Volkov. And the Iron Sheik. Now, again, TW, we don't have to. We, we could talk about the people that they fought, and I know you'll go with with that. But I just want to talk about the anti-American angle here with these two people. We we don't have to talk about Iron Sheik because again, he won a gold medal in the 1968 Olympics and all that stuff, representing Iran. But of course, he trained with Vern Gagne, you know, the Minnesota guys. For for the for the United States uh, Olympic team for wrestling in this in the 70s Olympics and all that stuff, but I don't want to get into logistics. But you know, kayfabe wise, Irish was very pro America. But in that ring, when Nikolai Volkov was singing the Russian national anthem, and then the Irish got on the mic, he said the Ether promo, USA at play. He spit in the mic. What's AETW? Because the crowd wanted to get it. At the Iron Sheik. The crowd wanted to get at Nikolai Volkov because, again, America does not want to be disrespected by these two jabronis representing other countries. Let's say ETW about the, you it, know, the, it, the participation. It's the, immediate the heat. It's immediate heat. It's, it's, it's one of three things you can do to, to immediately get heat and it's spit on America, mm-hmm. insult the local sports team. Or insult the entire town, and then you are going to be booed. Um, Christian Cage just did it the other night, ripping on the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. Immediate, mm-hmm. it's because they hate him too, and then they hate him for reminding him that they hate the Toronto Maple Leafs who are constantly letting him down. But the mm-hmm. Iron Sheik had nobody, nobody's business heat. Uh, there's another match you made me watch that that dude also has some heat, and he wasn't really anti-American. He just wasn't from here. And you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Which one did I have you watch? Oh, Kamala? That fucking arena. Like, it's rare. Like, you know how the Japanese are always quiet? Mm-hmm. The Americans are, hey, boo-boo, and then they sit down and watch the match, and then they go, ooh, ah, pop for stuff, whatever. That entire yeah. match with Tony Atlas, the crowd was humming. And mm-hmm. if Kamala did something, they groaned. If Tony Atlas did something, they cheered. And it was the entire match. 
I was blown away by it. But the Sheik, he would get that, like, they'd boo him so loud, the camera shakes, so the screen shakes on you, right? And you'd be like, mm -hmm. damn, they'd fucking kill this guy they could get their hands on him. And he was legit from Iran. So it was like, yeah. back then was the whole Iran-Contra, the hostages, all that stuff. Iran had some heat back then. And for him to legit be from there, easy. And, and the one thing, Reflection Arts, you cannot forget, Vince McMahon, you might hate him right now because of his aneurysm. You might hate him right now for his dementia. <laughs> but he was a visionary, and he, he liked to poke the bear, if you will, because at WrestleMania 1, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov became world tag team champions against Americana, against the U.S. Express TW of Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo being managed by Captain Louis Albano. But again, you was talking about it a little bit, and again, we don't have to talk about Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, but they were representing the All-American Boys. They were representing the purity of America. They were the future of, uh, of wrestling, if you will, because they were so young. Cowboy and college student. All that stuff. But Vince McMahon said USA couldn't win on the first WrestleMania. That was ingenious. That was visionary. But I, that was also a that was also a good calculation because is that you when and that was even the main took event. the cigar to the eye or was that no that's when Barry Wyndham took the Valentine. cane to the head he took a okay. cane to the head went down like a light the cigar was uh big big Valentine. Valentine but let, next main event or something no it wasn't it was a house show but anyway neither here nor there but that was very shrewd of Vince McMahon because that was a gamble that wasn't the main event but. To have the, the foreign guys win the tag team belts on the first WrestleMania against Americana TW. And you always said that WrestleMania is always the, well, the first parts of WrestleMania, the first like inclinations of WrestleMania was always the baby faces go strong and, you know, the heroes go home happy. At least and, at and, the and, end. Right. At least at the end. But at least in the middle right there, the hero, the heels went over strong. What say you TW about that ingenious booking? Because he, he wants, because he wants. First of all, you had to have a title change. Why not that one? Second mm -hmm. of all, I don't remember what the IC title match was at that one. Valentine and Junkyard Dog. Okay, yeah. So, um, that that made people who watched it for the first time mad, and mm -hmm. then hopefully tuned in Saturday because they wanted to see someone beat the Sheik and Volkov. Right, and of course, a month later, a month and a half later, of course, the U.S. Express got their revenge and got the belts back. So USA did win on a Saturday Superstars of Wrestling Reflection Nights. So, but it kind of felt a little bit small. Again, WrestleMania One is the bigger venue, the bigger atmosphere, and all that stuff. And USA did not come up big. It came up. It came up short. That's why I'm trying to give the symbolic. Foreigners won the tag belts again at WrestleMania Two. Well, the British Bulldogs were the the <laughs> allies, if you will. Right. But right. we didn't we didn't look at it like that. Right. We need we needed the British Bulldogs to be the champion. But that's a you know what? Let's not delve into the British Bulldogs. But of course, <laughs> we can delve into the good foreign ally perspective because again, those people did beat American wrestlers, American born and bred wrestlers in every organization, everything. Like gentleman Chris Adams is from the UK. He beat a couple of Americans to become the heavyweight champion. For world class championship wrestling reflection nights, so that's a great example, TW, about the supposedly the foreign allies to the United States of America. But Lex and Bulldog were a tag team called the Allied Powers. Absolutely, and that team 
could have been something, but of course, Lex Luger took the money and went to WCW. But neither he, he made the better business decision for himself. But I want to stay on Volkov and Sheik. Well, actually, not Volkov, but I want to stay on the Iron Sheik because for one month, TW, Iron Sheik was on a roll. He did something, you know, he had the most patriotic angle that, again, changed the game. And of course, it comes to this. You know, in December of 1983, he defeats the All-American boy after a six-year title run, Bob Backlund. With a towel. Arnold, scored, Arnold Scullin threw in the towel, Reflectionites, because, Arnold, uh, because Bob Backlund would not say, I quit. He was not going to do that. He was not going to deface America. He was not going to shame America. He was going to go down swinging no matter what. So symbolically, you can respect Bob Backlund for it. But of course... Iron Sheik, you know, said U.S. athletes suck. We're number. Iran is number one. We we rule everything. But of course, January 23, 1984, the WWF version of Hulkamania is born. America is overjoyed because he defeats the Iron Sheik to become the heavyweight champion. So I'd say ETW because in one spectrum, in 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 a month, you went from the lowest of lows as an American wrestling fan. To the highest of highs in the same damn building. What's ATW about it that? It went on another six year fucking or four year run like Bob Backlund's, and it was a nice transition championship reign for the Sheik. But a year mm -hmm. later, he's winning the world tag team titles at the first WrestleMania. You forget that all that dude needed was the IC title, and he would have been first Triple Crown winner. Uh, but I think who who's Pedro? No, Pedro did it before him. But uh, mm -hmm. but anyways, that version. I've been waiting to talk about this the whole time. That version of Hulk Hogan is what made me a wrestling fan, right? Mm -hmm. Once he got to the point where he was wearing the yellow and red every single time you saw him, that's when he started to wane for me, which wasn't long after that. I was probably well, that, was 80, his, that was his branding. That was his, right. that was his brand. Eight, his but 87 brand. is around the time when he started doing that. But when Hulk would come out... And he had white tights on, or he'd have powder blue tights, or he had red tights on. Remember the shirt. Remember the shirt he American had. American made. There you go. So someone I saw wanna... recently, a buddy of mine, uh, he had a tank top said American made on it like three, four days ago. I said, I'm like, man, where'd you get that? Also saw a guy in the bar last night wearing a Brian Pillman shirt that looked like it was from ECW because on the back it said Extreme, and it was uh -huh. a picture of him with the the flip glasses and it. Called him uh, loose cannon or whatever, but uh, mm -hmm. but that version of Hogan where he came out different every time, and, and the American Made was still his gimmick when he fought Andre, but he was wearing the 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 yellow and red full time, right. and he just still had the American Made headband. Uh, that didn't now, I would I would have to disagree. The American Made not gimmick, but the the outfit was eighty five and eighty six, and then he right. kind of waned away. Right, but he still wore the 80. headband yeah. at WrestleMania three because I bought one, mm -hmm. so. That's what I mean. He was full on red and yellow by then, but he's like, remember he would wear the headband that looked like a shirt that he cut and it would hang over his eye. Mm -hmm. And the toy always had just a straight white headband on it right there. Um, but that American made was like, it was almost like Cody's weight belt. It was thicker on the part that was on your head and then mm -hmm. a little strap in the back. But that Hogan, I liked, he, he just felt larger than life. He would wave the American flag if he wrestled someone that you needed to wave the American flag against. He, he actually did. He actually um, did against Nikolai Volkov Nikolai on the Volkov. first or second uh, Saturday night's main event. Yep. It was not a flag yep. match. It was just a pride match right. for superiority 
And yep. of course, America but he didn't, had to win. He didn't, he didn't wave it if he fought King Kong Bundy or a Big mm-hmm. John Stud. And that that it it felt more, uh, uh, what's the word? Like grassroots. Like it felt real. It didn't feel mm-hmm. organic. Forced. Organic. That's the word. Yeah. It mm-hmm. felt more organic. And when he needed to, he's like, "All right, I'm strapping up for the USA tonight." But every other night, he was strapping up for the Hulkamaniacs. And that's the Hogan I like. And then once he started yellow and red all the time, that's you almost just got tired of seeing him, right? That's why mm-hmm. I like guys like nowadays, like AJ Styles and and the Miz even, and all these guys where they come out with different shit every time. And you're like, man, these guys spend a lot on their wardrobe. And it dawned on me the other day. I go, I wonder if mm-hmm. these guys keep changing their gear because they know they're going to get another action figure out of it. Like they're purposely wearing new gear to get another figure made, make another couple grand off of that. But well, the, but they're that, spending, that they're spending their own money on code. that shit. They're spending huh? their own money on that. They're spending their own money on that shit. You know who I, didn't? Do you know who had it in his contract? Had like a, I think it was like three thousand dollar a month wardrobe budget in his contract for WWE. You know who it was? Mark Merrill. Uh, oh, Johnny, be back. Cool. Yeah, hmm. I think he had it in WCW too, but probably not because he was a nobody. They made him. But when he mm-hmm. went to WWE. He got it in his contract to get X amount of dollars per month for a wardrobe because he always wore different gear. I get you, but again, the American-made Hulk Hogan, you know, gimmick, if you will, reflectionites was, you know, parallel to the start of the Hulkamania train. It was parallel, symbolically, of the shirts, uh, the, the branding, if you will, because again, before the Hulkamania, because before even American-made reflectionites, his T-shirts were actually more like, you know, gorilla gorilla shirts because he you know he printed them himself he had like his own symbolisms hulkamania all that stuff or uh, hulkster or some shit like that so you know he he br- he knew the 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 branding you know potential tw if you will but until after after the hulkamania after vince mcgann said nah we need a color we need a color scheme we need a, a symbolism hulkamania yellow and red that was it and of course billions of dollars later it Juicy is what it group. is yeah, it is what it is. So let's go into another Americana wrestler, TW. And you know what? Again, this guy kind of wore the red, white, and blue on his knee pads. He carried, he had a red, white, and blue two by four sometimes. <laughs> he sometimes had a red, he had the little pocket uh, US flag taped on the two by four. And of course, that was his gimmick. You know, it, it was hardcore gimmick to me from 89 to to right now to this day if he wanted to wrestle right now not in eight not in the uwf days but of course he was bill watts's favorite american boy he even said it himself he represented americana but it was the wwf it was vince mcmahon who did the branding and he was branded as the usa guy so we have to talk about tw hacksaw jim duggan of course he represented the united states of america he represented the the common man if you will but the character itself, again, if you look at the comparison between Mid-South Hacksaw Jim Duggan as the American guy, the American Americana guy, and the WWF Americana guy, it's very night and day. What's ATW about Hacksaw? Hello, Jim Duggan. That Duggan, or that Kamala, Mr. USA, Tony Atlas match, he was a heel. And I was like, whoa. Like, it blew my mind that he came out to help Kamala against tony atlas and it was so Mm -hmm. weird to see him as a bad guy to not be pro-american because tony atlas was that Mm -hmm. and uh help kamala was like 
what is happening here? And so, yeah, you, I can't. There's an action figure of his that I did not buy, and I wish I would have. Because I actually met Jim Duggan uh, when I did that WCW show. He was a fucking sweetheart of a man. I think everyone can see that with his internet presence. Uh, he's fought cancer a few times the last couple, five, ten years. Um, it was him with the two by four, and his face was painted red, white, and blue. Uh, and I forget what match it was for. Um, SummerSlam '89 with Demolition. Okay, so he yeah, because his face, his whole face is covered except for his beard. Mm-hmm. He teamed with Demolition. Yeah, six man against who? Andre and the Twin Towers. Oh wow! I gotta go back and watch that. That's back when I couldn't afford pay per views, so I didn't see these matches, man. I did, so I know what you're talking about with the the face painting. So he wanted to keep up with the Joneses of the demolition, but his uh, his was actually it was kind of like it was a it was a nice painting of the of the red, white, and blue. So yeah, it looked know, like Warrior Hawk style face paint, but red, a little white. bit. But yeah. I get where you're going with that. But hacksaw Jim Duggan, TW again, the Mid South guy. And of course, like you said, he was a heel helping Kamala against Mr. USA Tony Atlas. So if you want to merge the Mr. USA Tony Atlas with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, that's night and day also too. Because Tony Atlas in it in itself, you know, it was more of a nickname, but because of bodybuilding, because of bodybuilding, I, I would go with that because it was more bodybuilding per se because he he was a bodybuilding champion. But to me, you know, he could wear a red, white, and blue, you know, tights. He could wear the red, white, and blue, uh, you know, spandex, if you will, TW. And Mr. USA Tony Ellis did, but he just didn't feel it. You know, I just didn't feel that Americana within him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What say you, TW, about that? And Tony Atlas? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? It's funny because I think I ended up liking Tony Atlas more when he was uh, on that fake talk he, show. Well, oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say you you liked him when he was Silas Simba. <laughs> No, no, that was I was embarrassed for him, man. Uh, the the Isaiah Washington show is that what it was called? Yeah, I liked him on, on there because he he smiled. He he you know he, he, he almost that, came, yeah that he had that funny laugh, laugh too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even in the match with Kamala, this was a prime example of because I actually watched that match the most. A lot of them I just watched a little bit and thought, okay, I know what he's going to talk about here. But that one I watched because of how the crowd was, and I wanted to to see how the crowd cheered him was that mid-south because it was Tony duggan coming to help him it wasn't madison square garden wwe yeah mm-hmm. so when i was watching i just wanted to see how the crowd was with tony ellis because it was a southern crowd it was a black baby face um but i think this was a prime example of they were going to cheer for anybody that was fighting kamala it, would, it didn't matter because mm-hmm. the entire match not only did tony ellis have zero charisma in that match he also looked like he was looking at kamala to know what to do next like kamala was running the match and saying hey hit me don't hit me but his his look and his presence and he was massive he looked like lou ferrigno man he was like he had loose hair you could understand that he had to like you know wait for his cues if you will but his look just got him over no matter what so it didn't matter but but he He looked like he had no personality at all in that match yeah and uh i mean in comparison to duggan and in comparison to duggan with he doesn't have that physique but he just has the charisma personality yeah and i i'm gonna assume rocky johnson and got put with Tony Atlas so that Rocky would be the personality because Rocky had it. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then I think Tony tried firing up a little bit on a couple of his comebacks, but most of his comebacks 
got stopped by either Duggan or a throat chop or something. He didn't have much of a comeback. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, Tony Atlas, I I never got to see him. I only saw it in the wrestling magazines. I never got to uh, see. I think it was after all that. That was like indies. He was the mm-hmm. black Superman, and he wore an actual Superman costume. And um, world class, he did. Yes. Oh, that was world class. Okay, mm-hmm. but that was that was late eighties, though. That wasn't earlier than this, right? Mid to late eighties. Yeah, yeah, after WWE run. Mm-hmm. Before Simba, yes. After Mr. USA, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, then you know, let's go into. I actually want to talk about one guy who was a victim of bad timing, or mm-hmm. maybe a victim of the of the times, if you will. Because remember the attitude era reflection. I see, you know, certain people was amping up their personalities, and people always said, you know, Steve Austin just needed to be on ten. And that's why Stone Cold just looks so real. It resonated with the everyday people. The Rock needed to be on 10 because that's the way The Rock is. He wasn't Rocky Maivia. He was The Rock. But Vince McMahon was still trying the gimmicks a little bit. But there was a time before Steve Austin got his run, if you will, TW, that WWE was trying to get a USA versus Canada thing going. And, of course, they plucked somebody from WCW. I don't know if you want to call it a coup, but Del Wilkes, as the Patriot, invaded WWE and defeated Bret Hart on one of those Monday Night Raws. So they were going to try to do USA versus Canada. Of course, Del Wilkes was supposed to get cheered in Pittsburgh, PA, but then get booed out of the building in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, when Raw went back up, up the northern borders, TW. So what say you about, is it bad timing? Because, of course, the attitude error. Is it bad timing because of what WCW was doing with the 83-week uh, you know, winning streak of Monday Nitro against the WWE that you couldn't have? Maybe plans change. And, of course, it was a good you know, pivot to Steve Austin. It was a great pivot to The Rock. It was a great pivot for the attitude error. But, but of course, Del Wilkes had to be a sacrificial lamb. United States had to be a sacrificial lamb. Americana had to be a sacrificial lamb for Vince McMahon to make billions of dollars. What's AETW about the Patriot? I don't I don't think I think he was over. I just think it was a he was a victim of the whole Bret Hart getting cheered in Canada and booed in the States. It was you know what I mean? Like what are you, you gonna know, do? I, it, I think that's what Vince wanted, but again, he was it was a victim of bad time because Austin was being so cheered in the Amer- in, in the United States that right. you couldn't like stop that train. And maybe the Patriot was supposed to be, you know, the Intercontinental Champion. I don't know if they wanted to make him the heavyweight champion. I'm just saying he right. was a victim of bad timing. That's the way I'm saying it. He definitely didn't, get, had to he didn't get a fair shake. Runner. Yeah. All right. He definitely didn't get a fair shake. But but I I still think he was over. I I think people loved him. Um, I have a figure of them that's like it's one of the weird ones where you can flip their back or whatever so i don't open it and mm-hmm. put it with the rest of the guys but if they made another one of them i have a mask of the patriot right here shit and you know my second favorite promotion wcw that's where i discovered oh. him and i remember mm-hmm. him in the awa as the trooper of so, course and uh i understood why he wore a mask he wasn't the best looking fella uh, he almost looked like Isaac Gankum without trying to look like Isaac Gankum. Did he? Uh, he did he have like that cranium disease because that's why he had a big ass head. Uh, it's the, called human growth hormone. All right. Yeah. That, 
We talked about Austin's elbows. Austin got lucky that it happened with his elbows and not his forehead. Because a lot so of he guys took, the steroids that. hit his head for that cranium. Not steroids. Shit? It's the HCH. It makes bones oh, okay. grow. Well, steroids so make things shrink. That's the side effect of them. So you're shrink. saying, well, you know, allegedly, Reflectionites, Del Wilkes took the HTH and it affected his head? Absolutely. But did you watch that NXT thing with uh, Wayne Bloom's son? Ooh, that's scary stuff, man, where as a toddler, his head fused when it wasn't supposed to, and they had to basically mm -hmm. peel his face down and crack it open and make it so it could grow. I've only heard about that thing one other time in my life. So he's kind of got that thing going on, but it's probably a side effect of that disease. Could be. So, you know, I, again, we, you know, there's so many reflectionized that, uh, of, again, yesteryear, we're trying to name them, but, you know, I don't want to. What's that like, guy's name? I feel bad that I don't remember his Von name. Von Wagner. Von Wagner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's put a bow on this TW and let's nope. close. There's one guy we didn't talk about that we had to talk about briefly. No, I, I You're going to make me gonna... watch him jump out of an airplane, then we got to talk about him. Okay, we'll talk about him and then I got to put a bow with one more guy. So okay. he'll be right. my main event. So go, let's talk about the guy who actually, because of the circumstances, I think again, this is Vince McMahon trying to recreate the wheel, if you, if you get what I'm saying, Reflectionites. Again, with the politics, well, not the politics, but again, contract negotiations with one guy, Sergeant Slaughter. Of course, he wanted more money, but again, Vince McMahon is a shrewd businessman. He said, no, I can create somebody else. I don't know if he was a, a real Green Beret reflectionites, but he probably was. He said, but, look it up. He said, look but it up. He, he said to Sergeant Slaughter, and I quote, I could create another guy and make him over. It didn't work totally, but Corporal Kirshner was Americana. Corporal Kirshner was created for WWF purposes, even though, you know, he had a he had a background in the Green Beret uh, category, if you will. And of course, he was he was I guess you could say he was trapped because he can only fight Iron Sheik. He can only fight Nikolai Volkov. There was nothing else of value for Corporal Kirshner. I, he just felt stuck to me. So what's say you about Corporal Kirshner? Well, he definitely the opportunity for him was definitely born from Slaughter wanting more money. But mm -hmm. what I like about it is they didn't bring in Corporal Slaughter. They brought in Corporal Kirshner, right? Which Corporal, I think, is higher than a sergeant. And they made him Rambo, where Sergeant Slaughter was G.I. Joe. So I, I like it. It was like, fuck it. We'll go there. They didn't try to. It wasn't new Diesel and new Razor Ramon, right? So, yes, they did it because they needed another guy for that role. They did partner him up with Hogan. They partnered him up with Duggan. Uh, so he, he got to be. At least, you know, he get got the, the rub. The from, he got the, the he got the rub from some people, but it just didn't resonate because I think the fans were smart enough to say it just doesn't work for us. He, he, but he had no personality. Feel, he had no. Right. You know what he reminded me of when the, when he talked at the end of that video, Ryback, right where he goes, <laughs> "I'm dropping." He goes, "My new mission is the WWF, and I'm going to kick butt." And it was just, it was boring. It was like right back. You, when he you would wait for him to say, feed me more. That's what feed it was. Feed me right? more. Feed, drop me more. Um, but like, that's the thing with Ryback. Like, forget all the stuff he's done to burn bridges for the last four years. He just doesn't have it. Right. The, mm -hmm. the saving grace for that guy was when he, whoever told him to say it, or if he got lucky and said it on his own, when he just said, feed me more, that's mm -hmm. Goldberg's saving grace was who's next. He didn't have to say anything else. The problem is, Ryberg, Ryback kept trying to say more. He should have just said, feed me more and finish him or whatever the fuck else he said when he was about to do his move. But he 
he just doesn't have it. He has no, mm. you know, it's like I tell people mm. all the time, Mark Wahlberg mm. is my absolute favorite bad actor. People are like, huh? Like he does great movies. Yeah. But his acting's fucking terrible. And I love it. Right. It's not, he's not Bo- winning. Boogie Nights was Academy Award pristine. He is the same in every single movie, dude. I'm just it, saying. Boogie I'm Nights. a peacock. You got to let me fly, man. Mm-hmm. But he's so fun to watch that he's good. Ryback is a bad actor, and he's not fun to watch. He's at, not. At least Corporal Kirshner jumped out of a plane. That's all. Fucking I dude, and the way he jumped out of the plane, he just he goes da da da. I got a new mission, and just jumped. Do you out think that was real? Place. That he really did that, or was that edit? Yeah, that was, was real. I don't know. I'm just saying that could have been bad editing right there. That could have been a stunt man. I'm just Here's saying. how I know it was real. How? Instead of just jumping down. He just went sideways and disappeared because the plane was going that way. And he that's why I thought, dude, you're supposed to jump down so you're not near the back propeller. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those little planes with the front propeller and the back one on the side. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. And then they showed him parachuting down. He absolutely 100% jumped out of that airplane. That that could be a that could be a conspiracy theory between me and TW on that. I don't know. I think it was just he, they did it off a studio a uh, back lot and not you know to watch it again and watch that motherfucker disappear. I'm not saying it was sideways. CGI. I'm not saying it was CGI, but I'm just there's some tricks. That's all I'm just saying. There was some Hollywood tricks on that. You cannot deny that Vince McMahon likes to do Hollywood tricks, dude. If you watch any '80s movie where it's a fucking actor who isn't really parachuting, but they put his face on the guy that is. It, the fucking face moves different from the body. You can tell. I'm just saying. He jumped again. out of that plane. There's no doubt in my mind he jumped out of that plane. We'll go in our graves, t- uh, Reflection <laughs> Nights. I say he didn't. He says he did. So it, neither here nor there. Maybe Josh Floberg, T and Couponer. You look at it for yourself. Corporate Kirshner jumping off, a, jumping out of an airplane. Was it him or was it not him? But neither here nor there. But let's put a bow on this TW. For the patriotic angles and wrestlers, and we gotta close it with the guy, Mr. G.I. Joe himself, Sergeant Slaughter. You know, again, he had he was rep- he was the representation of Americana, but he didn't start as a good guy. Remember, he started as a badass sergeant that people, you know, he had to earn his stripes. And if it was it and the stars aligned because the Iron Sheik was there, the stars aligned that. You know, he woke up from his slumber of trying to, you know, kick up the uh, the Americans ass and try to, you know, like spruce them up and say, you got to be better than this. You're lazy Americans because that's the way he started, T.W., lazy Americans. And he wanted to shape them up and ship them out. And he was a bad guy. Remember the uh, the boot camp, not the, the boot camp match against Pat Patterson, the street fight against Pat Patterson in Madison Square Garden that kind of like gave him his street cred, if you will, in the WWF. But it was the Iron Sheik that got him over as a Mr. Americana. And it went. And the funny thing about Sergeant Slaughter, TW, is he was the most liked and the most hated. And it was all because of the United. It was it was the most patriotic angle you can have with one guy in both facets of hating America and loving America. So let's say about Sergeant Slaughter, his whole career spectrum. Again, cheap heat. You fucking mm-hmm. fight him. You're getting good guy status. If you team with him, you're getting booed out of the building. It all goes back to the Sheik. Sheik got Hogan over. He got Backlund over. He got Slaughter over. He got Duggan over. Almost got Corporal Kirshner over. Um, didn't matter. He that that dude 
like, man, I, I know he just died, and that's, maybe that's why he's fresh on my mind. But Sergeant Slaughter has absolutely everything to thank the Iron Sheik for for just being his foe. Luke is over because of Darth. That's that's the end of the day. You can't have a good guy without a bad guy. And Slaughter and and Iron Sheik, no matter what else. Hogan, I always felt like Hogan and Sheik's feud was brief, but I felt like Sheik and Slaughter were lifetime enemies, other than when mm-hmm. they teamed together. And then I think he turned good guy and fought him a little bit towards the end there, didn't he? Yeah. Went back to being the Sarge. Um, but yeah, I, I've never been a Sergeant Slaughter fan. I, I think it's a lot to do with his look. He looked like, he just didn't look like an athlete to me. He didn't look like a superstar, mm-hmm. a larger-than-life hero. He just looked like a dude in street clothes. And his yeah, maggots, all that stuff, nothing. But I respect him. And I, I think he did very good things in the wrestling business. But the fact that when you said it was one more wrestler, and I thought it was going to be Corporate Kirshner, but then when you, I thought you were wrapping it up, and I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 we got to talk about Corporate Kirshner. And you said, okay, but then I want to talk about one more. I'm like, who the fuck is left? I didn't even slaughter. Never even crossed my mind. Jesus Christ! That's insane. Yes, it is insane. And of course, with Sergeant Slaughter, you know, again, to inject the patriotic angle on both facets, the Iron Sheik brought him to the to the good graces of Americana because of what Iron Sheik was doing in the ring, and you could not disrespect America. Sergeant Slaughter would not allow it. But in 1990, Vince McMahon went a different direction with Sergeant Slaughter. It almost it it almost affected Sergeant Slaughter's brand. It almost affected his GI Joe contract because he went full board with the Iraqi sympathizer thing. It because I get you know hindsight, you know probably Vince McMahon wanted to have Iron Sheik do it again, but he even even Vince McMahon knew that Iron Sheik was getting more debilitating with his you know in ring abilities. He was slower and all that stuff. It just wouldn't work. Sergeant Slaughter was good enough in the ring to like pull it off. And of course, WrestleMania seven, it was desert storm all over. It was a, it was Hulk Hogan representing red, white, and blue representing the Patriot missile against Saddam Hussein's favorite wrestler, Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania seven. Of course they wanted to do it at the Oakland Coliseum and we don't have to get into the logistics and the shit, but then they went to the Los Angeles sports arena and all that stuff. So what's say UTW about again, the gambit of Sergeant Slaughter to represent Americana in both facets, it's very, you know, I, I want to say fascinating, but it's very appealing that Sergeant Slaughter can get the it's impressive. It's impressive. Very impressive. So. And that he was able to come back from it and have one last baby face run with it without people going, fuck you, buddy. You yeah. turned your back. You went with the enemy, right? Like, and at that time, that was the enemy. That's, that's when this country... Black, white, and Mexican have never been more united than they were after September. Well, well actually, that was Desert Storm. That was that was different. It was actually 2001 that, that did what I just said. But even mm-hmm. still, back then, invading Kuwait, that was our most recent war. Uh, you already had the 80s with the, con- the, kit, the hostage situation and all that stuff. So they mm-hmm. were already not on our good side. And then to have a war and then have that, and then, you, then you're able to come back from it by changing your tune and saying, ah, fuck the chic and add on. I'm going to be USA again. And people took you back. Or it says something about the American wrestling fan. <laughs> Easy to forgive. Or we're sheep. I don't know. I'm just saying. 
But neither yeah. here nor there. Grateful could be grateful. It could just be like, we're glad to have you back. Okay, I, I can go with that. When I you had me watch that Patriot uh, introductions, this little snippet, mm-hmm. wasn't Sean a heel? Because Sean came out with Austin, Sid, and uh, the but Patriot. They all, they all had a common enemy, and that was the Hart Foundation. So, yeah, you know, the Sid enemy was of heel my... too. I don't remember he... Sid ever being a babyface after Sid Justice. No, he was he was a he was a babyface, but the yeah, enemy of my- is just or vicious. Or he was just psycho Sid. Oh yeah, because no, Michael's he, he was psycho Sid. Yes, but yeah. the enemy of my enemy is my friend in that yep. instance. But but it was TW, Ken Shamrock. Yeah, all that. Be, yeah. Before we close, I'm gonna give mm-hmm. the floor to you. Anything you remember or just your favorite fandom moment of Americana, or did it? We already just talked about it. It's always gonna be Lex for me, man. I I uh, huge huge Lex fan. Uh, I get sad thinking about, you know, what's become of him because of his unfortunate, you know, spinal stroke, whatever it's called. But Mm -hmm. I always feel like Lex could have been so much more and whether or not that is what the reason was. I I love the narcissist. Uh, That was right up my alley as far as like he was already my guy when I could see him on nwa when i was able to watch it at my uncle's aunt's house and then when, when he came to wf had so so high hopes for him and and then when they put that on him i felt like that was giving him the baton and when it didn't work out saving grace was him and bulldog that made me happy you know when they were the allied powers but it's always going to be lax for me um as far as anyone that's wore the red white and blue as their gimmick but to me i think the best to ever do it is kurt angle it's mm-hmm. it's it's him and he did end up being a babyface with it, um, which they say that's the most organic. Because now that I know that word, I can use it twice. The most organic way to be a babyface is to be a heel first, and Kurt did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you know the best wrestlers are the ones like Roman Reigns right now. Um, I don't know if Dom is there because I think that might be legit hatred for him. But but when someone can get boos because people love to boo you, and then it's inevitable that you're going to get cheered one day because they want to cheer you. And it's that thin line between love and hate stuff. But mm-hmm. Kurt Angle to me is the best guy to ever do the gimmick. But Lex Luger is the best guy. To, he's the reason I got the shirts I got. Bret Hart's the reason I wear pink. Lex Luger's the we- reason I wear red, white, and blue shit. That's the bottom line. And and I've always been happy to be an American. That's never going to not be the case. But he's the reason it became part of my fashion sense, if you will. I'll say this because again, in 2020 thrust TW again, it's just taboo to be patriotic in wrestling. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't draw the money, I guess. Because if it did, we it probably we would see it more on Mondays. We would see it more on Wednesdays and all that stuff. The only thing I know, if I remember correctly, I don't know where, but it's in the Indies. Somebody is a pro Trump wrestler. Yeah, he just, he's a heel. He's a heel, though. He's a heel. But yeah. that's the most patriotic thing I can think of right now, Reflectionites, that somebody is saying, you know, is saying MAGA, make America great. He's wearing the hat or whatever the case right. may be. But what you is... You know why that guy's in the Indies and he's not on any other place? Because he can't wrestle. Because when he does his interviews, he tells everybody in real life he's a liberal. So no one believes mm-hmm. him. If you just shut the fuck up and do your gimmick... You're going to get heat. The one guy that will put you on TV doing that is Vince McMahon. And even he's not dumb enough to put you on TV when you run around telling everybody in real life you hate MAGA people and you're a fucking Democrat. And one more to close out, and then we'll, and you're going to give out those socials. But we have to at least acknowledge that they did 
try to go very, it was to be Americana, but to be a dick about it. We can't forget about, you know, Jack Swagger. Yeah. We can't forget the about Dutch, yeah. Dutch Mantel. We can't forget about Cesaro. We, the people. And of course, Dutch Mantel did everything that you, you hear right now on Twitter, but he did it on Monday nights. He talked about the Mexicans. <laughs> he talked about jumping the border. Everything, everything you hear from Donald Trump, Dutch Mantel said it first. That's why Donald Trump is the, was the president in 2016, because he took every Dutch Mantel tape <laughs> from Monday Night Raw, and he put it to his own promo, and Donald Trump became the president of the United States. What's ATW? And then let's close it out. And that's it. He, he's another dumbass who fucking has a gimmick and then goes online and says that's not what he really believed. Blah, 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 blah. The best way to get a gimmick over is to live it. I was mm -hmm. taught that on the first day of wrestling school. Uh, it, the, the best gimmicks are the ones that people live 24-7. Nikita Koloff, perfect example. The guy never, ever, no matter where he was, from the day he became Nikita Koloff, never spoke on other than like he did as Nikita Koloff, whether it be, I'm sure in his house with his wife and kids, he did. But if he was out in public and it was someone to see him, he spoke pro broken Russian English. And he... And, mm -hmm. As a good guy and a bad guy. Now he does a podcast, talks normally. Um, but if you don't live the gimmick, no one's going to buy it. And no one's going right. to believe in it. And therefore, that guy who does the Trump thing, God bless him for being brave enough to do it. Because we live in a world where fucking idiots might try to stab you in the parking lot. Because they honestly think if you voted for Trump, you deserve to die. It's a sick world we live in. Uh, he did it. So I kind of do have some empathy for him where he almost has to say he's a liberal on the internet. So people don't mm -hmm. stab him in the parking lot, but it still okay. kills any momentum he had. Well, and with that being said, we close on this patriotic edition of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight here at the Hami Media Group at Pawbeam.com. What are we going to do next week in Reflection Nights? Well, we're going to do another spotlight, but we're going to do it with a little twist. Of course, we are going to do the greatest babyface turns, TW, and I think you're going to love this one. You know how the debut episode of the pro wrestling spotlight was the heel turn the one you didn't see coming with barry windham joining the four horsemen so i thought it would be apropos since we talked about lex luger i just thought it, i just thought of it off the dome let's do lex luger quits the four horsemen and of course the total package lex luger goes on to try to face the nature boy rick flair are you happy about that are you excited to talk about lex luger your favorite i just wrestler? got you saying i love all things lex luger of course i'm happy about that man right here courtesy of lex right there that ain't from kurt angle that's from lex anything when i wrestled i had to stop saying huff huff because lex luger did it i had to stop doing this if i got chopped i had to stop doing that shit when i fired up lex luger you know what i talk about the warrior often Max Luger is a close second to the warrior to me. It's for near and dear in my heart. People that, you know, they they played a significant role in plain old Tommy Bryant growing up and becoming Tommy Wonder because they they gave me the inspiration to be larger than life and they, over the top. They say that that soliloquy for Lex Luger next week here at the Hami Media Group at Pobby.com. So CW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. All righty. The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us at PWC Network at Podbean.com, which is also where you can find the Hameen Media Group at Hameen Media Group at Podbean.com. And HMG is also at the channel Attitude.com. Our Twitter is at PW Reflection. 
Uh, Big Ray can't do it without him. At Big Ray Hernandez is his handle on everything, everywhere. We've gone over it. At Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, mine is at Tommy Wonder 19 on Instagram and Twitter. But also I have another Twitter where I'm nicer at the Tommy Wonder, which is also my TikTok. My Snapchat is number wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. And then we have uh, BigVitoBrand.Wixsite.com and also Patreon.com backslash the Big Vito Brand. We support Vito and Noel. And then you can watch the early release of the Reflection videos at Twitch.tv backslash the Big Vito Brand. And of course, you can follow me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And this gets uploaded by 8Track Brown. This will be available on the PWSO YouTube networks. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine. The Wednesday Locker Room is back on the Hami Media Group, so follow him at Obi-Wan. You know me. And, of course, the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown at the number 8, T-R-A-C Brown. And, again, next week, we're going to do another spotlight, Greatest Babyface Turns, Lex Luger Quitting the Four Horsemen. And with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Dum Dum Doing Idiot Stone, the Iron Stomach One, the most patriotic man that Vladimir Putin loves. That he already put the like on his grinder profile. Tommy Wonder saying good night, and we'll see you next week on the PWR podcast at the Hami Media Group at Pawbeam.com. USA number one. Patui. There you go. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Sergeant Slaughter.